welcome to the Back Row Cowboys Show, a proud part of the Back Row Sports Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Back Row Cowboys Show, a proud part of the Back Row Sports Network. I'm your host, Adam, and across from me, as always, my co-host, Seth. What's up? And on today's episode, we'll be talking about some transactions that the Cowboys have made this week our current cap situation, and also some moves that we can do in the future to free up cap space, and with that cap space, just a few free agents that we'd like to see added to the team. Seth, why don't you go and talk to us about one of the more confusing moves the team just made yesterday? Yeah, there was a lot of back and forth about this uh, signing that we did, but uh Ultimately, I think it's for the better of the team, and that was signing of Andy Dalton, which was a one-year up to seven mil with three mil guaranteed. Uh, it's really it's really obvious here. Um, you know, Dalton is brought in as a backup plan in case they can't get the deal done with Dak. Uh, you don't want to go into the season uh, with Cooper Rush as a starter, even though he's been there with the Cowboys for the last few years. I still don't. Trust him being a starter if we can't get a deal done and if there is a holdout by some chance. Well, Dalton has, you know, playoff experience. He's, you know, been the starter for Cincinnati, you know, since he got there. He's put up good numbers. He's been able to, you know, move in offense. And I just think that we built this team to make our playoff run now. And the front office probably just doesn't want the holdout to linger into the year and then have an uncertainty at the quarterback position. And bringing Andy Dalton in, maybe that veteran presence can help get the Dak deal done. You know, now Dak understands, hopefully, that he's not going to get that $40 million and he's not going to get that market-setting deal. Yeah, I think it's just that. I think uh, with this move, you know, it it shows that the Cowboys are prepared, if need be, to move – into the season without Dak if there happens to be a holdout involved. So, I don't know. We'll just happen to see how it plays out. I think it's – I think it is beneficial to our team, you know, just because of the fact that I do trust Dalton, who has NFL starting experience over Cooper Rush in case this situation happen, happens to evolve. And if the Dak deal gets done, which I fully still expect to get it done, Jerry Jones wants him there, and I know Dak wants to be there. And when Jerry – and the player want to get it done. Jerry Jones is generally going to make sure that the deal gets done. Just another quick point on this. Andy Dalton, with all of his experience, can be another set of eyes in the um, film room and also on Sundays. Yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Uh, like I said, I like this I like this signing. And at no point are we uh, wanting – Nobody wants Andy Dalton to start coming into the season. But, like I said before, this is obviously a plan in case they can't get a deal done with Dak and he decides to hold out. Hopefully there won't be that situation happening, but you never know. So we'll just see how it plays out. And I guess with that, I'm just going to go ahead into our next uh, signing was with uh, Daryl Worley. Uh, 6'1", 215 corner. Uh, he played for Oakland last year. He was his his stats last year. He had um, eight pass deflections, 
one tackle for a loss and one interception in 15 games. Uh, he has five career interceptions. This is, uh, once again, another big-time corner for us. Is a big press corner uh, with good length. Uh, he's got 33-inch uh, arms and 10-inch uh, hands, big hands. So, uh, once again, this is another signing that shows that um, – we're looking to get much bigger, and he's he's got pretty good speed too. So we're looking to get bigger and faster on defense. And this is another proven uh, example that – now, he did have some um, issues in 2018 where he was uh, – he got a DUI and it resulted in a four-game suspension. So um, other than that, you know, he hasn't had any other real issues with the law or anything like that. But – it is of note that the Cowboys will be the fourth team that he's been on since being drafted. But he is also a versatile player for us as well because, uh, you know, in his career he has played a little bit of corner and a little bit of safety. So, And I did mention before that he has some speed, which at the combine he had a, a 4.4940. And so that's good speed to where he can play at the corner position. And that's, you know, really uh, – someone advanced speed to be in the safety position. So I think all around this is a uh, a good signing, and I think we will uh, benefit from either him playing at the corner position or the safety position. What do you think, Abo? Well, another thing you said was you started off by saying six that they have a type of defensive back that they want. They want long, physical, fast corners, and they also want versatile corners. You know, all the ones, players we've drafted outside of – Reggie Robinson, all the players that we've signed or drafted, both have inside-outside versatility, and a couple of them have the versatility to drop back and play safety. So what the defense is you know, doing here is they're drafting a lot of players with some scheme versatility, which is going to create a lot of competition in training camp, and it's going to allow us to put the best players on the field in the defensive backfield. Yeah, and, I, and even if he doesn't play it down for us, I think this is – like you said, it's good competition for training camp. You know, the more depth you have in training camp, you know, the better the competition. And the best way to evaluate your players is to have competition, like we said before, because, you know, competition brings the best out of everybody. So I'm looking forward to see how it, you know, it all folds out. And Well, one more point with this player. He's only 26. You know, he was just drafted in 2016 at pick 77 overall by Carolina. So this is an extremely young player. So maybe he comes in, does the job, and then he gets a longer contract extension next year. Or if he is only a one-year signing, like most people, most people think that we sign him for the one year to give Reggie Robinson and Trayvon Diggs kind of one year to to learn the scheme, get comfortable in the NFL, to where they weren't thrown into the fire right away for a team that has deep playoff and potential Super Bowl aspirations. Yeah, I'm like you. I think it's uh, it's it's a good pick, and um, we'll just see how it uh, plays out. Whether it means you know, like you said, Trayvon Diggs, you know, giving Trayvon Diggs and uh, Reggie a chance to you know, sit back and learn a little bit and just, you know, slowly work into it. Or, you know, maybe they take one of these guys and have plan to move them to the safety position. And Now, there are rumors that Chidobe and Worley, one of those players that's potentially going to be lining up at safety next year. So, 
Ha Ha Dix is probably our starter at strong safety. We talked in earlier episodes about how much we loved Xavier Woods at the other safety position. Now, he's battled some injury problems. I think they're trying to secure some depth at the free safety position should Xavier Woods not be able, you know, continue to battle those injury problems. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Uh, Xavier Woods has definitely had some injury issues, especially injury issues, especially last year. Um, and I'm like you, maybe they, maybe that's their plan, whether they move Cheeto or Lee back in, you know, they won't be stuck in a bad situation at the safety position if Woods or Ha Ha happened to get hurt. So Because we'll last year that happened to us. Yeah, and it really hurt us on defense last year. So, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the competition and training camp. Yeah, very, very excited about all this defensive back competition that we've – you know, all the players that we've signed and drafted and just, you know, seeing – you know, seeing that we have a type on defense, seeing that they have a plan for our defensive secondary, they're going to take a bunch of talented players with similar skill sets, and they're just going to let the cream rise to the top. Um, moving on from that, let's start talking about where we stand um, with our 2020 cap. You know, we went into this offseason with a ton of cap space, you know, a top five in cap space in the NFL coming to the offseason. Now, obviously, we talked in the past, Dak and Amari ate up a ton of that cap space. Before the Dalton and Worley deal, we were sitting at just under $10.5 million. Now, obviously, the $3 million guaranteed to Dalton. And then Worley's contract is one year, $3.5 million potential. $1 million of that's a signing bonus, a $1.5 million base salary, and then the other million is playing bonuses and playing time bonuses and then also um just you know making the final roster so between those two signings that we just discussed and also signing our entire draft class the dallas cowboys have very little cap space Uh, yeah there are ways that we can do uh well add to our salary cap situation by doing a post june first cuts and abo do you want to talk about a couple of those guys now, the first and most obvious move that the team is probably going to make is with Travis Frederick. Now, he retired, very surprising to Cowboy Nation, you know, just a few weeks before the draft. Um, even though he was still a fantastic player last year, he felt that if he wasn't playing to 100% of his ability, then he just didn't see a point in playing. So, he retired surprisingly, and this year he carries an $11.975 million cap hit. And if we cut him post-June 1, we can save $7 million. And I think that that's a move that the team's probably going to make because we are severely hurting for cap space. Now, a second player that has been rumored to be cut over the last several months is Tyrone Crawford. This year he carries a $9.1 million cap hit. And if we cut him, you know, post-June 1, we will save $8 million. Now, Seth, there, you and I have discussed this player, you know, on many occasion. Why don't you give us your thoughts on, you know, the potential cutting of Tyrone Crawford? Uh, I personally think he's ready to go. Uh, you know, other than him being an extra depth guy, I, you know, I think he's – a guy that we signed off a really good year, and he has basically been a bust since then. And that's how I personally feel about it. And I'd rather use the money to spend somewhere else than to 
keep him on the roster for another year. Now, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, he came in that one year when we had some injuries and played some defensive end for us and made a few plays and got signed to the big deal based off of that year. And is that he is another scheme versatile player. Should the defensive coordinator decide that they don't think that Randy Gregory, Bradley and I, and um, Alden Smith can handle, you know, the early down work and also a big workload. We could use Tyrone Crawford as a run-stuffing defensive end on first and second down, and then on third down bring in Randy Gregory, Alden Smith, or Bradley and I. So that that's my one point for keeping Tyrone Crawford. Now, I don't want to pay him $9 million to do that, um, so maybe he restructures to stick around. But I do think if he wants to play on his current contract, then I do agree 100% with you, Seth. He needs to be a June 1 cut. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's willing to reconstructure his contract, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard for players to want to do that. But, it, you know, maybe he likes playing for Dallas and maybe he's willing to do that. And that will, like you said, give us another versatile player. So, well, we'll we'll just have to wait and see how all that plays out. And uh, now there's one more move that Dallas can make that can open up a lot of salary cap space, and that's just to get the Dak Prescott deal done. Right now, Dak Prescott is still on our caps under the franchise tag, and when you once you get franchise tag, the entire contract is on the cap. You know, whereas most contracts, if a player is making thirty million in a year, some of it's against the cap, and then you have roster bonuses and other things that you know. So you what you make in the year and what counts against the cap are two different numbers. When you were on the franchise tag, one hundred percent of that is against the cap. So right now, Dak Prescott is on our salary cap at thirty-one and a half million dollars. So if we can get that deal done and get his his cap number to a little bit more you know, mid to upper $20 million between that, the potential cutting of Tyrone Crawford, and the potential cutting of Travis Frederick, we can gain back $20 million very, very quick. I mean, you you don't know as well they might make these cuts beforehand. Uh, You know, we we save less by doing that. But if there are certain guys on, you know – free agent block right now that you want now and won't necessarily be there come June or whatever. Uh you know, maybe we we go ahead and pull the trigger on some of these cuts or, you know, whatever ahead of time and and that kinda leads us into our next players. You know, our first guy is a guy that I don't know will be there June first, but you know, around that time. But I'm gonna let you go ahead and bring us into that Abo. Yeah, one player that I've really wanted the team to get. Now, I've talked in the past about how I really wanted to bolster our pass rush this offseason. This player can do that in an instant. Um, Everson Griffin from um, Minnesota, he is a four-time pro bowler. Last year in 15 games, he had eight sacks. The year before, now he had some problems the year before. You know, he had some off-the-field issues. So he only played in 11 games with 10 starts, and he only had five and a half sacks. But before that, he was a perennial 10-sack-a-year player. I think this is a player that we can kind of bring in like we did Robert Quinn last year, bring him in for a year knowing that we're probably only going to be able to afford him for a year, and he's going to be hungry. You know, 
Everson Griffin's at that point in his career that he's going to be looking to get one more big contract, and I just don't think that he's going to get it this year with how late we are in free agency. So maybe we can bring him in cheap on a one-year you know, between five and seven million dollar deal. Once we make some of these cuts and open up some cap space, we can bring him in on that. And you know, we're a team that's going to push for the playoffs. I'm hoping for a little bit more, and I think that that'll give him that chip on his shoulder to rebuild his stock. And then also, you know, going from Minnesota, a team that you know won and had playoffs aspirations, to another team that's looking to win their division and have further playoff aspirations. I think. You know, that formula is something that'll get, you know, have him hungry to come in this year and compete. And this is, you know, another experienced guy that me and you talk about a lot. You know, experience uh, means a lot, especially when you're revamping your defense a little bit. You know, he's a nine year vet, you know, career sack 74 and a half. So uh, this proves that he's just not a one or two year player, you know, hit wonder or whatever. He's, uh, his entire career, he's been able to wreak havoc on the quarterback. So I'm like you 100%. I think uh, bringing him in, you know, that doesn't mean that we have to rely on players like Alden Smith or Randy Gregory. And, you know, that also means that, you know, we can move some guys over there to spell tank a little bit more too. We don't have to necessarily build up this one side and rotate four guys. Then you got rotation on both sides. And that's just going to help with our versatility as well. And, uh, and, you know, keeping players fresh on the field is obviously a a big thing that you want to try to do. So um, I think he would be, you know, he's a he's a quick and a power guy. So, you know, I like his motor, obviously, you know, with the the career he's had, you know, he's a go getter and he's he's not a loafer on the field. And um, I I would love to see this. And I think this would improve our whole defensive line as a whole drastically i also think i'd much rather have him mentoring bradley and i than i would randy gregory and alden smith one of the biggest reasons why you and i have talked and time and time again i've said i want everson griffin on a team is i would like for us to move on from one of randy gregory or alden smith taking a chance on one of them and kind of the upside they bring is fine. Taking a chance on two of them, that, that's that's one too many for me. So I would much rather have Everson Griffin come in and be the starter from day one. Now, if we sign him, I am 100% perfectly fine with Tyrone Crawford being gone. So we'll have Everson Griffin on one side. We'll have Tank Lawrence on the other. And like you said, we can move players around. You know, Maybe Bradley and I can learn – Tank Lawrence's position. Maybe Randy Gregory or Alden Smith, whoever's left over, can learn that position as well. And Tank Lawrence is known for moving inside on third down. He got a lot of his sacks, his 17-sack year, from the interior. So on third down, you can move a Gerald McCoy to nose tackle. You can move a Tank Lawrence inside of the three technique, and you can have an Everson Griffin and whoever on the other side. And and that would be four terrific pass rushers on third down coming after the quarterback. Yeah, I'm I'm with that 100%. I think – like I said a second ago, you know, he definitely improves the whole front defensive line altogether because, like you said, you can move players around. And um, I'm like you, I'm hoping we can get him. But one last thing that I'll say 
This is another player that has been on teams that have gone to the playoffs and have gone deep into the playoffs. So this is just another player that we can bring in that has playoff experience for, like, once again, a team that is trying to push for the playoffs and beyond. Um, Seth, why don't you talk to us about this second player that you and I wrote down? Yeah, this next guy that we uh, went back and forth about was uh, Nigel, Nigel Bradham. He uh a linebacker he played for the Eagles last year. Uh he actually played for the Eagles for the last uh two or three years, I believe, didn't he, Abo? That's correct. Yeah, um he's just a good versatile player. Uh, you know, he can play inside and out. And I feel like he's a, a pretty good all around player. You know, he's good against run. He's also uh, I think he's better in the pass coverage. And it's also, you know, it gives us more depth and competition at the uh, that at the linebacker position. And let's be honest, you know, right now we have Sean Lee as one of our starters, and we don't want Sean Lee to be on the field the well, whole game. Well, I think just with you know the injuries that Sean Lee has had in his career, I think he's better at this point in his career if he plays limited snaps. So if in our base four three package. Obviously, if LVE and Jalen Smith are healthy, that's your middle linebacker and that's your will. Jalen Smith at the middle, um, LVE at the will. So if you can have a combination of a Nigel Bradham and a Sean Lee playing at the strong side linebacker or the Sam, then you have, you know, Sean Lee's instincts. He's still, you know, a terrific tackler. So he's can be your main guy against the run, and if you want to stay in your 4-3 base package, then maybe you bring in a Nigel Bradham on obvious passing downs to replace Sean Lee. Now, last year he did, uh, you know, he missed four games with an ankle injury. Um, He still had 61 tackles and an interception. So, you know, he's still a a really good player. Um, I think he's going to be – he would be a really good fit for our team. And like like we've been saying, you don't want Sean Lee on the field, you know, with high share snaps, you know, throughout the year. So this will kind of let both of them come in and, you know, do their thing, and that kind of shores up our linebackers all the way across the board. Well, another thing is, is you talked about inside-outside versatility. Both LVE and Jalen Smith have battled injuries in their past. Now, Jalen Smith has been, you know, pretty healthy since he's been drafted in the NFL. But last year, obviously, LVE had some problems with both his back and with his neck. So, this inside-outside versatility that he has, just another player where we can keep everyone fresh as we hope to have a long season. Well, I mean, that's what they've been trying to do through the whole defense as a whole. So, it only makes sense to try to add a versatile player to allow players to move around and it'll create uh, difficulty for offensive coordinators to scheme towards, uh, you know, a certain player before games. Well, let's say he is our linebacker for if we do sign him. All our top four linebackers can all play any position on the field. LVE has played middle linebacker. He's played Will. He hasn't played much strong side linebacker, but I'm confident with his talent that he can play it. Jalen Smith has played the Will. He's also played in the middle. And obviously, Sean Lee has played all three positions in his career. So 
you know, I would be very excited about this signing. Also, because you talked about the 61 tackles in 2019. Now, four out of the five seasons before that, he had tackle um, marks of 104 with Buffalo in 2014. Then he only had 59 with Buffalo in 2015. He left as a free agent, signed with Philadelphia. Then he had tackle years of 102, 88, and 97. And with this player playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, he brings a Super Bowl ring to Dallas. So another player with a lot of playoff experience that we can add to our locker room. Yeah, and hopefully that will translate. Uh, you know, all these uh, players that have this playoff experience, that'll translate to us winning more playoffs because we haven't won many recently, and that's obviously the ultimate goal. So we'll see how it plays out. Now this last player, Seth, we talked about in our mock draft episode, one of the things that we wanted to add was offensive tackle depth with some injury problems that Tyron Smith has had, you know, the last several years. And then just the fact that, you know, we lost our swing tackle, Fleming, to the Giants in the offseason. So, Seth, why don't you intro us into this third player? Yeah, and, you know, like you said, we definitely need a depth at tackle. Uh, DeMar Dotson is uh, – a guy that's been in the league for 12 years. He played for Tampa Bay his whole career. And, uh, you know, he was actually an undrafted player. And, uh, obviously, that, that worked out really well for them, considering he's he played for them for the last 12 years. Uh, we we need the depth. Like, we don't have anybody behind Tyrone Smith or Lil Collins. So, uh, overall, you know, I think he's good at the uh, pass and good – uh, run blocker as well so uh to be able to have somebody behind them too and you know in case of injury you know you can move them to either side I, th- I think that would be a great addition for our team now just some 2019 stats he allowed he started 15 games he allowed five sacks and he had 10 penalties now I think he's much more of a right tackle than a left tackle. So I think if we sign this player and Tyron Smith still battles with injuries the most likely scenario is Lionel Collins moving over and playing left tackle and this tackle being inserted at the right tackle position. And if y'all listened to our draft episode last week, then, you know, y'all realize that uh, we agreed that we didn't sure up the uh, tackle position at all. So, you know, this will kind of allow us to sure that position up and being the only position that I feel that hasn't been shored up on the offensive side – and you know the good the depth there will uh, help just like you said for any kind of injury that might happen. Now, obviously, this guy has built a pass block. Jameis Winston threw for five thousand yards last year, so I mean, this guy is a really good pass blocker. And with Mike McCarthy coming over from Green Bay, I think that we are going to be a team that passes a little bit more than we have in the past. Um, so I think this is a player that that helps alleviate you know, the lack of depth at the offensive tackle position that you and I have both discussed that we don't think the team addressed during the NFL draft. Now, there was one other player that you and I discussed back and forth from the offensive tackle position. I wanted to add him, and you made some really good talking points that talked me down off of him and on to this player, DeMar Dotson. And that player was um, Jason Peters. Now, obviously, with Tyron Smith being more of a concern with injuries than Lionel Collins, I wanted to get a player that had some surefire left tackle experience. 
also some Pro Bowl experience and also another player that won a Super Bowl ring with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, you and I did both agree that at this stage in his career, he's 38 years old, that he's more likely to retire than to take a backup role somewhere. Yeah, I just assume as you know, he's been a starter his entire career. Uh, he's also a he, player that's going to have – there's going to be an argument made when the time comes for him to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and he, he I don't think he'd be willing to step down and play a backup role. Um, it, he's also battled injuries himself over the last few years. So, you know, if – Tyrone Smith happens to get hurt, and you want to try to put him in, just, you know, like you said, that's that surefire left tackle experience. Well, he's been known for injuries here recently as well, and he's 38. So, uh, for those two reasons alone, you know, I was kind of against that myself, and, you know, that's, that's just how I feel about him. And I think those two things right there and also the, you know, probably unwillingness to take a backup position are the reason that we decided on DeMar Dotson over Jason Peters with this last free agent that we were going to talk about. Now, these three players, I think, help shore up what we weren't able to do in the NFL draft. Now, obviously, we only had seven picks, so we, we were limited with what we could do. Now, we both love our draft, and I think if we can make these moves right here on top of what we did in the draft, I would be very, very excited about the potential of this team in 2020. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I think, uh, you know, we added plenty of depth on the defensive side of the ball, and, you know, we – Added a few spots here and there on the offensive side, and um, I think we're ready for a, a run at the playoffs this year. And we'll just have to see how it goes. I also like the fact that, at least on offense and defense, there seems to be a clear plan on both sides of the ball. There, there seems to be an image that we're trying to set. So I think that that's one thing that excites me more this year than we have in years past. I mean, in years past, on offense, teams have known that we were going to build off Zeke, use the play action to push the ball down the field. But this year, for the first time on defense in a long time, we have set an identity that we're going to be fast and physical and we're going to attack the ball. And we're going to attack that with scheme versatility, both at the front seven and in the defensive backfield. And also by doing that, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, we have allowed allowed a little bit of uncertainty as well because we done built, you know, we drafted CeeDee Lamb and, of course, you, you signed Cooper back and then you got Gallup and uh, – Signed Blake Jarwin. Yeah. Or, or extended Blake Jarwin. Yeah, and you don't know for sure that we're just going to pound the ball with Zeke. We got the weapons on the outside that we can beat you up with the pass too. And – you know, last year Zach, uh, Zach, Dak proved that, uh, you know, he can get the ball down the field through the air. So Dak was second in the NFL in passing yards last year. You know, Dak showed that he can take command of the offense, and that's going to allow you know our offense to be. I think this is going to be the best offense that this team has put out in a long time. The three big wide receivers, you know, two on the outside, one on the inside, and then Blake Jarwin, you know, running, you know, down the seam. That's going to make life so easy for Zeke, but yet the threat of Zeke is still going to make Dak better. Um, and I think this is the year when Dak really takes that ascension into proving that he is one of the upper echelon quarterbacks. 
Yeah, and I also think that, uh, you know, the moves that we've done so far through the NFL draft and uh, and even if we can uh, work these players on our contract, you know, after we do the, post, the post-June 1st cuts or whatever and create the cap space for them, I think uh, for the first time in a long time we're going to have a complete team. And, uh, you know, you know, during the, the Aikman days, you know, after the post-Aikman, the Super Bowl era, we had, you know, really good offense and really bad defense or defense and bad offense, you know, vice versa. And for the first time, I I, I feel that our defense is going to be on par with our offense, and I think we're going to be a really tough team to deal with this year. Yes, yeah, Seth, I'll agree with all of that 100%. You know, the post-Aikman years, right after Aikman left, it always seems like we still had the really good defense, but we just didn't have the offense. And then during the Romo years, you know, we had really good offenses, and we didn't always have the best defenses to back him up. So I'm 100% on deck with you that I think that if we make some of these moves – improve our offensive line depth, you know, just because injuries happen. And then also add just a, a more proven starter at the defensive end position opposite Tank Lawrence. And I think we will have a complete team for the first time in, you know, 20 years. And that really excites me. So we're just going to have to see what we do either before June 1 or more than likely it's going to be after the post-June 1 cuts to help get this team the depth and, you know, hopefully the last couple players we need to – win the division and hopefully even more and we just want to thank you guys for all the support that you've shown us as um we just started this podcast up we're only four episodes in but we've gotten some very positive feedback on each of those four episodes and we're very excited about um the future of this and you guys taking the journey with us and as you continue to support us, we just ask that you continue to support all of the Back Row Sports Network podcasts out there. There are a bunch of great hosts out there. We're still 13 teams deep, so there's still 19 teams available to complete the original vision of 32 teams, each with individual hosts, breaking down everything for that respective team. So if you're interested, you can hit up Jeremy Barker at Back Row Show. If you're interested, he also hosts the Miami Dolphins podcast. And even if you're inexperienced and and have the drive and the passion to you know want to learn how to podcast, he has helped us immensely along with some of the other hosts on the network. So even if you've never done this before, you can still get involved, and you you know they will help you get your show up and running. And also, you can feel free to hit up Seth and I on social media with all your, you know, Cowboys questions or even your fantasy football questions. We're both avid fantasy football players and would love to, you know, answer any and all questions you have. So my Twitter is at A underscore Bo615. And mine's at SethRob85. And we've also been kind of looking to expand a little bit and, um, you know, talked about the idea of doing a Facebook page and, We'll keep you all updated when we get that up and running. And we hope that everyone's still being safe and practicing social distancing as we're still in this very uncertain time in America. And um, just, you know, while you're inside, please continue to support this podcast and the other ones out on the network. And have a good night.